Watching live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. No balls, two strikes, two out. Urias to Adamas. Call strike three. The Dodgers win. Finally, the wait is over. The Dodgers are the champions of 2020. Charlie Steiner on the call from the Los Angeles Dodgers radio network. That's about as excited as Charlie will get now. Sounds like it, yeah. And you could see, sense it in his voice. You could sense it, I think, in the celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was some fun and jumping around, but I don't think this was a championship of elation and jubilation like many are. Mm-hmm. This was like, <sighs> thank goodness we don't have to hear these storylines anymore. From yeah. Kershaw to Dave Roberts to Kenley Jansen to the Dodgers payroll to everything else it was a bit of a sigh of relief kind of uh, celebration in my opinion and maybe a little bit of that's the COVID-19 and everything else happening but it just kind of was my sense that this was one of the most exhale moments I've seen of a championship moment moment uh, that I can remember uh, for the Dodgers Dodgers get it done no game seven tonight Rays uh I, I still applaud the heck out of their their organization and team. I I can't get over the story of the Rays, and on top of that, obviously there's a story of uh, too much analytics. Uh, Kevin Cash uh, doing just the opposite of Grady Little some 17 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dodgers not only exhale at the championship, but also exhale when uh, Blake Snell left the game, and uh, that was evident. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the World Series. We got some football talk. We got to get to the second year quarterback report card, uh, otherwise known as the Kyler Murray fan club part oh, yeah. of the show. Yep. Then uh, you know I got eight hours of sleep for this one, so I'm really excited. Yeah, we tried to push that Big away and slide me. it away yesterday. Didn't see not on my watch. Not on my watch. But you mentioned the storylines. Um, you know, with the Dodgers kind of, kind of. Coming to their end now. We're with with Kershaw and everybody. But let me ask you this. How big is the Justin Turner storyline? Well, that's what's next, right? I mean, yeah. that's the other thing. That's where we're going to start with the World Series because there's so many different uh, – a little bit later on, I want to get into almost like the goats and heroes conversation of – like, a Rosarena to me is an unbelievable story. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it, I don't think. I don't think. Now, maybe others have, and maybe it will ring a bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people have brought up, like, Timmy Smith in the Super Bowl. But then that was it. Like, this was his absolute coming out party mm-hmm. uh, and did it for weeks, not just in one game. Like, that's the difference between football. So I do want to get to that and also some just very questionable decisions made in postseason history and championship history, Pete Carroll comes to mind, mm-hmm. right? Uh, some players' decisions come to mind. Chris Weber, mm-hmm. uh, J.R. Smith, right? <laughs> yeah. So you have some of those moments. So I want to get into that. But you're right. There is this other part of it. And I've got to be completely honest with you, man. This is just total honesty. Mm-hmm. I did not know how to take the news of that. I, mm-hmm. I tried to process that all night. Mm-hmm. Justin Turner in the seventh inning, basically removed from the game because then there was this breaking news that happened, like, right after the celebration. Like, I thought something happened politically or something big happened or it was one of those kind of breaking news updates, and it was COVID-19 for Justin Turner. Yeah. And he had tested positive. That's why he was removed from the game. And then there's another element of this. How did he even start the game? How did he make it to the seventh inning of the game? And then how did he make it back out on the field? Mm -hmm. 
So there's all that going on, and I have a really difficult time even some whatever 15 hours later compartmentalizing it all uh, because I love baseball, mm-hmm. and I love Major League Baseball. But Major League Baseball has done this before, in my opinion. Major League Baseball knew about the steroid era, and they blamed the players instead, and they turned their cheek on it because it brought everybody back to the game. Major League Baseball, a couple of years ago, we believe, and everybody believes, juiced the baseball. The baseball was flying out of the park at record amounts, and it wasn't just because people all of a sudden found launch angle. Mm-hmm. And now you have to start to wonder about Major League Baseball. Did they cover this up more than just once? Did they cover it up just in this only setting with Justin Turner? There's a lot of questions to be asked. I don't know if we'll know the answers to them for days, weeks, maybe months, maybe even years down the road of exactly what happened. But it was an amazing thing that Major League Baseball had gone some 54 days without any inkling of a positive test. It was not even a narrative at all in the postseason. And then all of a sudden... With three innings to go in the World Series, it becomes an issue? Yeah. Where did this come from? Mm-hmm. So I really and, – and then let me, let me take you to the last part of it. This is the hard part I have compartmentalizing. I, I can't sit here and honestly say – this could sound bad, so that's why I'm trying to watch myself. I can't sit here and honestly say that if I was a teammate of Justin Turner's, I wouldn't have wanted him to come out there and celebrate in some way, shape, or form. Hmm. I can't honestly say that if I was Justin Turner, I wouldn't have wanted to come out there. Well, I know want or wouldn't have come out there and celebrated in some form or fashion. Yeah. What was interesting about the situation to me is that he wasn't out there initially. Mm-hmm. Then he got out there, even though Major League Baseball said, don't come out here. Yeah, there is. I mean, he, he violated the isolation request. Yes. Hmm? And then on top of that, though, he just if he had just come out and at least worn a mask to at least from an optic point of view, right, better that up instead of being there taking pictures with everybody with a mask off. And we know he has Mm COVID-19. It sent a terrible message. I just I'm trying to be completely honest with myself, put myself in that spot and this jubilation and and all oh, the relief of winning a World Series. And by the way, a huge part of the World Series team the last few years is Justin Turner mm-hmm. to not have him involved. I think Seeger said it best. Seeger's like, I wish I could trade places with him right now, because at the time he didn't know he was out there. Right. For sure. For sure. So uh, I I just the optics are awful. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he even got on the field that night. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he made it to the seventh inning. Uh, and I honestly don't know how I still feel about it today. I'm not completely bothered by it like a lot of people are, and maybe I should be, okay? So I'm telling on myself a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm not as bothered by it as I I think the world is Mm -hmm. um, about it Mm -hmm. uh, here today. Yeah, um, so it it was kind of a... An odd chain of events, and I was kind of live texting one of my friends who's a, a giant Dodger fan, lives in California, um, probably the biggest Dodger fan that I know, and all of a sudden it was announced that Turner went off the field. And we're like, oh, dang, like, did he get hurt or something? Because, I mean, that's the only explanation. Like, you wouldn't pull Justin Turner because he's great um, in the field, obviously, and he was a big part of why they had so much success here in the World Series uh, and the entire MLB playoffs. So, like, they wouldn't just take Justin Turner out just to replace him with somebody for a pinch hit. Like, that would never happen. So it was kind of a a weird um, chain of events to start things off with. And then later on, you know, they win and all of a sudden it's revealed, well, yeah, Justin Turner had COVID-19. And then a little farther on, you see him on the field again. I get it. The, the, the optics are definitely bad, right? Now, 
whether you're a teammate or not and how you feel about it, that's one thing. But you have to keep in mind, if you're the MLB, you have to worry about the big picture. And you have to worry about the grand scale. Yeah, it's one thing to take care of your players, make sure your players are happy and they're all celebrating. But you have to worry about what the world sees as well. And, and my friend even alluded to this, and he's like, hey, that that's not going to make the Major League Baseball, you know, commissioner whoever was responsible for this look very good he said like that's going to be that's going to put a black eye on this whole thing is what he said that was his quote now whether that comes about we'll see i mean this isn't like they cheated it's not like the houston astros scandal but i'm just saying there's a lot of questions that still need answering like number one why was he playing in the first place like were they testing between the inning like how all of a sudden did the let the test come back positive and then he's out during the middle of the game well like, the latest the clarification thing. on that is that there was some uh, for at least from the reports, and we'll get to a, a soundbite on this in a moment. But the latest clarification is that they didn't they they got test on Monday mm-hmm. tested, and there was some curiosity whether he was positive or negative. It was like one of those mixed results. I'm losing the word right now. Uh, and then, but that didn't technically come back, I guess, until the second inning last night. Mm. Okay, so mm-hmm. so really, so he gets tested Monday or Tuesday morning, and then that comes back, mm. and but they don't find out that hey, there might be something wrong here with Justin Turner in terms of a positive, but we're not guaranteed, we're not a hundred percent sure. That's in the second inconclusive. Thank you very much. Uh, inconclusive test, second inning. So then they order one quickly, I guess, somewhere along the way sure. to, to double check, and that one comes back and he's positive. I think I understand that. Not like uh, Nick Saban quickly, but quickly. But pretty quickly. You know, baseball goes slow. <laughs> oh, hey, he's and not Nick Saban now. Some of those pitchers are human rain delays, so it gave him <laughs> enough time. But then by the seventh inning or eighth inning, then they're like, whoa, we got to get you out of here. Yeah. Uh, let's hear, who's it, Ken Rosenthal? Do you have uh, Ken Rosenthal on it? My understanding from various people is that he was told not to go on the field or asked not to go on the field. He insisted upon it. The Dodgers insisted upon it. And that is why he was out there. And at one point... He did have his mask off. Yeah, so, I mean, no doubt at one point we saw several pictures and images with his mask off. And that's the part. Listen, if I was the Dodgers teammates and if I was Justin Turner, I can't sit here and unequivocally say I wouldn't have gone out there. No, I mean, I I, I, I just I'm trying to be honest here. That is such a, a rush, such a moment. You're not worried about tomorrow. You're not worried about what people think. You're just like. We just won the dang World Series. Like there is that part of it, and yet we want everybody to think. Uh, now, is it is it irresponsible? Absolutely. You know, it, it certainly was. And to be honest with you, I think this is going to come down as more of a bad look on Major League Baseball, hmm. the whole, entire thing, than it is even on Justin Turner or the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, I guess my big question, and there's a couple of them, but my biggest takeaway is why are you letting your guys get two days or three days to get the results back? Like, why, why aren't you doing rapid testing? Like, I mean, when I had my fight um, in Charleston, South Carolina, I literally had my results back in, like, 16 hours. It was like that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm not sure that the accuracy compared to the, the longer taking ones, but I feel like if you're a professional athlete and I feel like if you're, you know, a, probably a billion-dollar company, I think you can afford to have it done a little faster, a little more rapid, so that way these things don't happen. Well, I believe, though, if you go back to some of the testing of positive, whether it was Marlins or Cardinals, I think what happened a lot is they would get the results like at night, Hmm. you know, and so some of these guys would be in the lineup, but they didn't know. Now, the night before they were negative. But when they took that next one, it was maybe like a 16 hour window or whatever that window is. And so that would end up revealing the results that night. 
Mm. Because a lot of the reports would come out at like 11 o'clock at night that somebody had tested positive, but that guy had just played or traveled. That was the interesting dynamic of when they got tested and how they got the results back. This wasn't like, hey, an hour later, I got my test results back, you know? And so that led to this in some way, shape, or form, the timing of how they got these back. And if you do the math around the second inning, right, or around the eighth inning, some of those tests, well, they were coming back in that window of the evening time frame. Uh, all year long, I believe, well, all, all the last few months when they were doing this testing. So it, it's it's wild. What what I just have a hard time with the N, uh, MLB is believing them. Yeah. Uh, again, I I love baseball. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, talk badly about it. I'm just stating the facts in my well, the facts in my mind. In my mind, I think they knew all about the steroid era for years, mm-hmm. and they made players pay for it even though they allowed it and yeah. turned their head. I think they juiced the baseball a couple of years ago. Ball mm-hmm. was just absolutely flying out of parks. And I think most people believe it. Even pitchers said it, that it felt different. And I don't know if I trust Major League Baseball. I really don't. I don't know how they did this without any positives along the way in the postseason. And then somehow, bam, in the most important game of the year, mm-hmm. someone tests positive, but we didn't find out until after. And what would they have done? What would they have done tonight? Justin Turner just not playing? Yeah, Or do you have to wait till everybody else? What about contact tests? tracing with all the other guys on his team? Yeah, what happens yeah. with the quarantine stuff? Well, Because here's the thing about the uh, real quick thought. No, you're good. About coming back and celebrating? Yeah. Well, he had been in the dugout for the first six innings anyway. He had already no, been yeah. around all these guys. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, I mean, was he really putting anybody in the any more danger? Been done. The, the damage, damage had already done. been done. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. again, that was just an optic play. And that's yep. why I have less of an issue with that uh, as much as I do with, okay, what's the real story? Yeah. This is not the real story. And, and then, I don't believe yeah. it. And that's exactly where I'm at right now, too. Listen, I'm, I'm happy the Dodgers won. I'm glad Kershaw finally got, you know, that monkey off his back and he, he gets to celebrate. And he's a champion. Congratulations to that whole team. I mean, I had, I had zero issues with the Dodgers winning the World Series. But with that being said, um, I do have to ask the question. You know, if Justin Turner had it, it begs the question, did anybody else on that team have it? And it begs the question if there was any, and maybe we'll never know. I know more than likely, we probably will never know. But I'm just saying. Oh, we'll know. Okay, uh, we'll see. But I'm just saying it's a little peculiar that we've gone this long without a positive test, and all of a sudden, game six of the World Series, what, inning seven? Seventh yeah, inning? Yeah. yeah. Seventh inning, it gets announced that some player has it. Like, now, if you should have just kept covering it up. Exactly. Just keep covering well, it up. Don't well, say anything. Exactly. And, and <laughs> what I guess what I'm trying to get at, I hope, like, there is nothing more to this than just that. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I hope there's not a bigger cover-up where more players had it, but it, it, in, in risk of losing the World Series for the week and losing momentum, I hope, like, nothing of that came sort. Well, listen, if they knew before the game and he played, how did he play? If it was inconclusive, you shouldn't play. Delay the game if you're that concerned, mm-hmm. right? Or play on Wednesday if you're that concerned. It, it, because he might not have, and that's unfair to him and for, unfair to the Dodgers. But again, I think it's, you got the latest report. Now, whether they went and corrected this after because they didn't want to deal with this, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they said that preliminary inconclusive report came in the second inning. I mean, why are we getting test results in the second inning of Game 6 of the World Series? Makes no sense. <laughs> this is why they expanded the rosters, right? For this exact case, if somebody has it, then 
then that's their own fault, then you're out and your team suffers because of it. Yeah, and but it, it really does bring into question a what if. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, what would have happened? And one of these guys will find out, like, the what if scenario, uh, you know, whether it's Rosenthal or Passon or somebody, and it will be a fascinating look at what what would they have done? Would they have waited two weeks? See, if they wanted to wait a couple of days, that's okay. Like, it rains sometimes in the postseason. People are used to rain delays, but could you wait two weeks? There's no way you can wait two weeks. No. I, I mean, I think, like, and I'm not sure, like, obviously ratings were down this year regardless. Ratings are down in all sports. But I just think in terms of momentum and everything, if you wait two weeks with, you know, the Dodgers and the Rays, I think that's going to be a death sentence. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, just a wild year. And by the way, baseball looked awful to start this thing. Mm-hmm. They really rallied and they pulled it off, we think. <laughs> yeah. And now they look awful at the end of it. And by the way, on top of that, Rob Manford, is he okay today? Mm-hmm. Like, what was that at the end? Mm-hmm. Like, has anybody seen, I haven't seen a report on that. Like, did he, I mean, seriously, I'm not kidding. At first I was kind of kidding. I mean, he, he looked like he was drunk. Yeah. I mean, he looked like he had had too much to drink. Now, there's a couple other factors here, and one is a serious one. I mean, some people really speculated, like, is he having, like, a stroke? Mm-hmm. Like, his, his speech was slurred so much. But then we also wonder, we know because we're in the business, there's this mix-minus issue that you get, and he had headphones in. And so when you're inside the ballpark like that, it echoes. And so you almost wonder if it just sounded like that because he was so unsure while he was talking because of this mix minus thing that's in his ear where he's getting an echo, you know, inside the stadium and inside his own. And if you're not used to that, by the way, even if you are used to it, it can drive some of us in the profession nuts. Like, I kind of like it. Who are you telling, man? Anytime Kuz talks my ear, like, it's game over. Like, we're going off the rails. But this is like, this is like, hey, Austin, hey, Austin. This is is like a second behind Echo. Which we've had one time on the show, and it definitely threw me off. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, we get it a lot in TV, and you got to flip a switch, and you just have to make sure the audio person knows. Yeah. And, and when you're live like that, you can do it. So I don't know what it was, and I haven't seen anything with Manford, yeah. but that was bizarre in itself. Yeah. And, and then you, you got the guy giving booed? the soliloquy at the end yeah. for the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. come on, dude. You think because Manford's getting booed a little bit? can handle that? Some people said that he got rattled. Yeah. But, but even after when he gave Welcome the, to the MVP show. award, though, it was like that. It wasn't just True. then it was yeah, that's yeah. really where it was more noticeable to me True. is when he gave Seeger the MVP award yeah bizarre hey by the way I was really rooting for the Rays because Ty Guy's a Rays fan and yeah. I wanted to see another game sure and uh but the Dodgers are great winners here too yeah. I mean the Kershaw story the Roberts story uh giving some people a hard time about the Dodgers which I, mean, I absolutely love we have to bring it up bats Mookie bats listen Mookie, I love Mookie yeah I don't love that he just up. won but yeah. I love I hate the Red Sox Fantastic more because of player. that it's not hating on Mookie did you ever see the video of him running at, like uh, routes against cornerbacks yes you talk about a prime athlete and you know he's a 300 bowler too I, I think he did t- how do you know that by the way well, because I follow the Red Sox, man. He's well, been one of the okay, faces of the okay. franchise. I mean, I guess that's, that's a big flex, but that's cool. Yeah. Um, very good athlete. Yeah, for very sure. Good athlete. Well, let's not throw a 300 bowling with athleticism now. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Stuart. Well, Stuart. Hey. Let's not throw a 300 bowling hey. with athleticism. We do now. have a bowler up for our Honda the Avenue's ESPN 690 Athlete of the Week. Never mind. Let's go and throw him in the athlete category. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you can guys. go vote, My by bad. the way, until yeah. Friday. Hey, but, I mean, who is that, by the way, their name? I got to look up. Okay, look it up. I knew you were going to do that. I I, I forget. I was going to give them props. We will when we come back now. We have to now. (laughs) And maybe write an apology letter, too. Yeah, maybe. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Brent 
Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Derecho. Austin Lane. Iowa State Cyclones. You should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not, man? I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The, the hardest thing for me is I was rolling. I was in a groove. You know, I just really felt dominant, and I felt like I had them guessing, and it's just tough for me, man. It's going to be tough for me for a while to, like, accept that and accept you know, losing the World Series, it's, it's a lot, man. I, I don't really know how to look at it. It's just, it sucks. Losing sucks. That is Blake Snell. Remember, we had Blake Snell soundbite way back when because he said, I'm playing for half the salary. Yeah, yeah, I was reminded of that last night. I think it was Christian Brewey or, or maybe Steve Lehman, our buddy Steve Lehman, who had yeah. tweeted that last night. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I had some uh, choice words to say about Blake Snell. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, you're a good pitcher. I'll give you that much. Yeah, and you know what? He pitched his butt off in the World Series. I mean, even the other game and yeah. now this game. And he, he ran into trouble in the fifth inning of the last outing, but he was dynamite there, and he was spectacular yeah. last night. Here's the story, okay? Here, here's the – I'm not going to spit – we know we don't have a huge baseball audience, so I won't get in the weeds on this, uh, but it, it, it deserves a minute or two because everybody was talking about it, and it's the biggest story in sports mm-hmm. coming off yesterday's performance uh, along with uh, Justin Turner. But – do you think they win the game if he stays in? And I understand this is hard to predict, but I, I just so, – do you think he keeps the momentum? He keeps yeah. rolling. Do you think they that we're playing tonight if he stays in the game? Honestly, I do. Now, I know what the, the argument's going to be is that they've done this the entire year. This is nothing new, right? Like one could say Kevin Cash has pushed all the right buttons to get him to that point, and I agree with that. But at the same time, like, it's not about planning for the future now. Like, this is win or go home. This is do or die. And your do or, do or die guy in Blake Snell was having a hell of a game. He made, what, two mistakes, and that was it. And he, I think he took care of the, the top three three times, if I'm not mistaken. Twice. Oh, twice. I'm sorry. He had, he had him coming up again, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That was the whole thing. That was the whole thing. Um, I just feel like – and if you even ask the Dodgers, they interviewed them too, and which was – I mean I – th- Listen, regardless of what you think about sports media, journalists, things like that, to me it takes away a little bit when the first question out of a reporter's mouth is, well, they took out Snell. What would you think about that? Like, you just won the World Series. Like, ask him, what are you feeling right now? But yeah, the first yeah. question is going to be, what do you feel about Snell? Regardless of that, though, you, you heard it from Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts even said, like, hey, we don't know why, but we're, we're happy. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what it was. When you have so. an opposition saying thank you. Yeah. That shows you everything. Tells you everything. Okay. So like, I think they do win the game, bro. What is, it's like this in football, right? Here's the somewhat equivalent in football. Mm-hmm. James Robinson is running it down your throat, down your throat, down your throat, and you decide in the second half not to run. And you're like, hey, thanks for not doing that because he was killing us. Right? We didn't even Absolutely. make an adjustment, but he was killing us. Yes. And this, it's a little different in baseball. But I guess because I've played baseball and I think the Dodgers now even said this. It's like when you get a guy out of a game mm-hmm. that you think is really tough and has some good stuff, mm-hmm. there is this subconscious moment in that dugout that lifts you up and that is exactly what happened like the whole thing cash coming out them living by the analytics snell kind of getting ticked off on the mound Mm -hmm. i just remember tweeting at the moment is we all know how this is going to end Mm. like we do we've seen it before whether you grady little kept pedro in too long or whatever move has been made in baseball yeah and 
what's a, I, I thought about this today. The Dodgers knew what was about to happen. I feel like the Rays knew when they took him out what was about to happen. Nick yeah, Anderson yeah. had given up a run in six straight postseason games. And I think everybody watching at least had the feeling, of course we don't know, but had the feeling of, uh-oh, this thing's about to change. Everybody but Kevin Cash. Yeah. Everybody. Kevin Cash didn't feel that moment. You know why? Because he doesn't have a pulse. Because computers don't have a pulse. And that's how they operate. And I got to be crystal clear on this. I wrestle with the analytics. But I also have said over the last month, I thought this World Series was dynamic because of the chess match. Go back to the Yankees-Rays series. There were more moves made. From a manager that actually is like, wow, man, there's a lot of managing going on. I understand it's kind of behind the scenes with numbers, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of chess pieces being moved. And I enjoyed all the chess pieces. I think that's why I kind of liked the, the the postseason. There was a lot of that. Uh, I also say the Rays are not in game six of the World Series without trusting and believing in their analytics. They live by it. They are all in on it. Sure. You know, and so they believe in it. The downside of it and I tweeted this, is that baseball sometimes doesn't have a heartbeat anymore. Mm. Like, you, there's an emotional part of sports. The computer can't take into effect and into account that everybody in the stadium, everybody in the dugouts, everybody on the field and everybody on their coaches, knew, uh, couches at home, knew that when Kevin Cash took Snell out, boom, 180 in momentum. Yeah. It just changed the whole feel of everything on the planet when it came to Game 6 of the World Series. The computer can't find that. Well, and, and that's why I can't. I mean, listen, I understand analytics, and, and I understand that they can be used for good in, in baseball, obviously, and also in football. But there's a reason why I also um, can't stand analytics sometimes, and I kind of scuff at analytics sometimes because, like you said, and to, to, I guess to put it in my words, it's like analytics are black and white. Right. Where if you have analytics and you say, all right, well, there's a percentage of this is going to go good and percentage is going to go bad. There's no in between. Right. It's good or bad. Well, obviously, Cash thought you have a better chance of it going good if you pull out Snell than going bad. That's I mean, he wasn't trying to sabotage this game. Like, no, no, he, no, no, the, no. the analytics they said done that in the past. The analytics said that Snell should go. Right. So that's the black and white. The problem is, though, like you mentioned, it's the gray area. Like, the, sports are not black and white. No. Sports are, are shades of gray. And the, the shades of gray bleed over when you bring emotion, when you bring game flow, and when you bring in pressure. Okay? And like you said, the analytics can't cover that. So I, I agree with you. I think that they can be used for good. But in that situation right there, with everything on the line and all the nerves and all that stuff going on and the way Snell was pitching, to me there in that moment, you push the analytics aside and you go with your gut. Now, maybe if you're Kevin Cash, your gut still told you to bring over the bullpen, and so be it, then you live and die with that decision. But I'm saying if it was me, I would have wanted my gut more than the analytics. Let's hear from Kevin Cash, the manager who made the decision. And uh, it doesn't sound like he regrets it, but I also think he's taken one for the team here. Lineup the Dodgers features as potent as any team in the league. Personally, I felt Blake had done his job. And then some, uh, Mookie coming around for the third time through. Uh, I value that. Uh, I, I totally respect and understand the, the questions that come with it. So that's Cash. And, and you know, he, he did say this wasn't scripted, pre-planned, which I then say, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> I mean, come on, then. What are you about your eyes? 
Like, then what about the field? Do you have no feel for the game then? Because if it wasn't, the, you almost should say it's scripted. Because if it wasn't scripted, well, that's even worse to me. Yeah. Because you had no feel for the game. We have more reaction. I'm not the manager. I don't make decisions. You know, asking for my opinion, though, I think it was it was Blake's game. He was dominating. I don't really care what the numbers say, third time through the order or whatever. He, there wasn't many guys making contact in general and no hard contact whatsoever. That's Kevin Kiermeyer, and, and the and the players were kind of ticked. Listen, they all got to live with it now. And we don't – I see, I asked you earlier in this segment, I said, do you think they win if they keep Snell in? Honestly, I don't. Because I I don't think I thought the, the the Rays had momentum early in the game. I mm-hmm. thought Snell was pitching his ass off to keep him in the game. But I don't I think they could still be playing baseball right now, and I'm not sure the Rays were gonna score a run. Like another one. And I don't think it was gonna end one nothing. Their at bats were not good. Yeah. They they were swinging and missing at everything. They had no momentum at the plate. The Dodgers bullpen was doing a good job, although and you have to give them a ton of credit. But I just feel like the hitters for the Rays, what much of the postseason, by the way, were not very good. And unless a Rosarena saved them again, which he had a chance to later in the game and didn't, I, I just don't see them scoring. I still think they'd be sitting on one run if we were in the 36th inning. So uh, I, I think they end up losing the game. There was you know, one last thing about the, the metrics here. I was listening to MLB Network. I think it was Harold Reynolds said some, there's a number – about when you when you face relievers in the postseason, like the second, third time, fourth time, the numbers in the batting average go way up. Sure. It's almost like if you're all in on the metrics, well, then did the Rays not know that one existed? Mm-hmm. Because they put a guy in who had given up a run in the previous six outings in the postseason, and now they're seeing Nick Anderson, Mookie Betts, for at least the third time in the series. So I don't know if... If you're all in on the analytics, did you not weigh that one? Yeah. Because to be honest with you, I think I heard the batting average was like 343 against receivers, uh, against relievers, if you've seen them a third time. I'm not sure Snell, the third time around in order, his batting average was worse than thir- 343. No, it might have well, been. I, I didn't see the number. Yeah. But it, I, I just, you've got to weigh it all. If you're that committed to it, uh, it just didn't make sense from the moment he walked out of the dugout. Listen. Regardless of what those numbers say, or regardless of what any numbers say, and let's keep in mind, like you said, the, the Rays bats were they were not in full effect. No. Okay, they they were struggling at the plate. So regardless if you keep Snell in or not, um, they probably lose that game. So be it. But I just think that if I'm the skipper of this ball club, and I'm going down with this ship, and everyone's coming with me, like there's we're not hitting that well. Um, Dodgers are playing some pretty good baseball. We're probably going to get beat. If I'm going down, though, and i got to face my team after this game, after we just lost the World Series, I'm going to face them knowing that, you know what, I had my ace out there. All right? I, I, I gave us our, our best opportunity. I gave it to the guy that seemed like he had the most heart out there, and we lived and died with him. Absolutely. Like, I can accept that if I'm a player in that locker room. What I have a hard time accepting if I'm a player in that locker room and Cash trying to tell me is, hey, you know what? We had to take Snell out. We had to put somebody else in. Like, see, like to me, it's about trust and it's about what your gut tells you once again. And I just feel like if I'm a player and you took out Snell, man, and you saw what it meant to him. You you, you saw the choice words when mm-hmm. he got pulled. He wasn't happy, nor should he be happy. I just feel like if you're going to go down, go down with your guy. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and uh, you know what's crazy about this whole conversation? I was talking to Ty about it this morning, and we were saying, hey, if if he pitches to Mookie, and Mookie gets a hit, mm-hmm. and now he's given up two hits in a row, and it is the third time around, 
Cash might come out of that dugout, yank him out of there, and nobody has a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, okay, he gave up two hits in a row. The analytics do say he doesn't get by the sixth inning. Now this is starting to add up. Bam. But the fact that it was 0 for 6 with the top three guys with 6Ks. And, and even I do wonder, even if Mookie had given up a hit, if you should then take him out because then you have lefty Seager up yeah. after that. And then you would go to Turner. When Turner got up, you'd probably put the righty uh, Nick Anderson in. But I, I'm telling you, if he just keeps him for one batter and sees what happens and then takes him out, I'm not sure he gets all this <laughs> on the receiving end of it. Yeah. Uh, the bottom line is, here's one other thing I was, uh, wi- it was wild to watch the post game is a lot of the analysts, which we know, because listen, analysts are what? They're Brent. They're 43 years old. They've played baseball a long time ago and they're old school and they don't understand and they don't like and they're get off my lawn and they won't, don't want the new wave of baseball. Right. And I don't mind the new wave of baseball. My problem with the new wave of baseball is you can still if you talk to all the folks that want home runs, home runs, home runs and analytics, 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 they want all or nothing. And what I just try to beg to them is to say, hey, you can have it. But you can also do what Mookie Betts does. You can run the base as well. You can steal a base. You can situationally hit. You can play defense. You don't have to just sit here for the home run and be so impressed with 110 exit velocity. That's the problem with what I have with this argument is it's all or nothing. No, it's not. You can lean on analytics a lot and then make a gut decision once in a while. And you're not going to be 100% correct, but neither are analytics. Yeah. You know, you can play the game. of The, the reason I don't mind the Dodgers winning, they play the game the, the right way. Mookie Betts scored two runs in this series because he plays the game the right way. I love that. That's why I love baseball. Um, but if you listen to the analysts, they're like, oh, is this the time we now? We, maybe this will change. Maybe we won't just rely on analytics now. Mm-hmm. But I was interested to hear even the Dodgers players were like, it, because they were asked about it. And, and the players are like, yeah, maybe this gets us away from a little bit. They hinted at it. Maybe this gets us away from, oh, yeah, can't go past the fifth inning anymore. You know, because that's the book. Like, you can't throw a guy out there past five innings. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he did that. That's like going for fourth down and one in the second quarter on your own 12. Sure. Like, I can't believe he did that. Yeah. And that's what it is in baseball now. So it'll be interesting if this moment at least marries the two things together. Baseball as we know it. In baseball as it now is. There's sure. nothing wrong with marrying the two sides together. So something's going to definitely come of it. It has to. It, 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 it's too big not to have a repercussion, Brent. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, what a moment. We just spent 40 minutes talking baseball, and I'm pretty Man. fired up about that because Man. that is a record on the show, and now we have nobody listening. Good yep. numbers on Facebook. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, Facebook. I appreciate it. Twitter's uh, like, yeah, we'll check you guys all later. All right, we'll get to football next. All right, fine. We'll get there to football. We're getting to Kyle Murray next. Okay. That's what, Hey, we got... Two hours and 20 minutes. So. I do want to know, and I will ask this question a little bit later. It's not really like breaking down Rays and the COVID stuff with Turner, but it's more like big moments, the goats and the heroes, the bad decisions. And then a Rosa Reina, man, you could certainly make. Did you see the Dodgers react when they were asked about a Rosa Reina? Like, oh, my gosh, this guy was unbelievable. Yeah. That is pretty cool stuff. We'll be back on ESPN 690 with some football talk. I was like, who is this? Okay. That, that looked like he was, that sounded like he was spinning a record. 
I thought he was like, I was a zipper. I, okay, I was, I was a zipper then. That okay. was a zipper of a hoodie, I think. <laughs> that was the hoodie zipper, yeah. That was Dallin Debo Coleman. Yep. You know, it's interesting around here. We have good basketball. I would not say, I. you know, I've worked up in Albany, New York, where basketball is a hotbed in that, in that region. Sure. I don't think we have unbelievable basketball around here. If I'm being completely honest, we have unbelievable football. Yeah. I think we have unbelievable baseball. Yeah. But I would say in Northeast Florida, we've had good basketball, and we've had some years and and guys come out of here that are really really good. Sure. Well, this year we have a couple of players. Uh, is it Alex Fudge? Alex Fudge over at Lee High School who uh, committed to LSU a few at weeks ago. LSU okay. and now Debo Coleman, who's out at West Nassau, he just committed today to Georgia Tech. Cool. And so good for him. And uh, I I we say this all the time because obviously Stuart and I. Uh, on the TV side, and this is a hard thing for me to wrestle with because when I was up in Albany, New York, like we did football, we did a high school football show, but we also did a high school basketball show. Mm-hmm. So we did high school show, like half hour show for 30 weeks out of the year. Wow. Well, around here, we just do a high school football show. And by the time we get out of covering the Jags and the Gators and the Super Bowl and all this stuff, well, not even the Super Bowl, but all that stuff, we get to January, high school basketball season's like almost over. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for us in this market to kind of like hone in on on the basketball and so and, and we regret that sometimes but it's just a fact i mean we probably don't cover high school basketball as well as we could should or feel like we should mm-hmm. you know um but you just can't cover everything well yeah and like you said i mean there's fantastic players that have come i mean grace and allen rings true obviously yep. but I, Young. But, but you just get the sense that Football is king in, in the state of Florida. I mean, at least around Jacksonville. It is. Not, not, it's not, not maybe even a sense. Different it's in, a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. a fact. You Simple know? as that. Listen, I could have spent the whole three hours talking about the World Series, but yeah. I understand we people understand around here don't audience. want to. Well, not only that, but baseball's great around here. Yeah. But people, people don't want to talk baseball. That's a good point. Uh, not, and I say people. I'm just saying the masses. Uh, yep. Of course, there are a lot of great baseball people out there, and sure. we can have some fun with it. But more people would rather hear about what's going on this week, even at Jack's bye week. AEW, absolutely, Brian. I'm glad you asked. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so anyway, congratulations to Debo Coleman. And hope, I want to get out to watch him play. It, that was really the moral of the story because I haven't seen him play. Like most of these kids that go to big schools, you've seen play in our business. I, we haven't. Are, are we talking guard? Are we talking forward, center? Do we know? Uh, he's six six point guard, shooting guard. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like I, I would mean, say, hey, hey, six six. That makes him like a swingman yeah, forward, know, a whatever. Four? Yeah, it doesn't matter or a anymore. Center back in Central Wisconsin where I play. There are that's no insane. positions. Yeah, it's, that's you're right. There really are no positions in basketball. You're right. I mean, I don't know if that's the case at the high school level, but it's certainly that case at the collegiate and professional. Yeah, I know you're absolutely right. It's just it's crazy to think just how far the game has progressed. Because like I said, I mean, when I played high school, if I even thought about stepping by the three point line, I had to run gassers <laughs> after. Yes. Like, there's no way. Like, what are you doing? You know, now so. you can't get recruited even yeah. if you're seven foot two <laughs> yeah. and you can't. Oh, make if you're one. seven two, can't get a three pointer. Yeah, go out play some other sport. Go play some volleyball. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right, hey, uh, we got some football stuff. Yep. Uh, one other note here in the last segment, we just spent the whole segment talking about uh, Tostitos. Yes, we or, did. Or tortilla chips. Tortilla chips and our passion for tortilla yeah. chips. We yeah. have that in common. Yeah, we do, man. Yeah. We spent time talking about guacamole. By the way, you gave me another tip. I appreciate it. Check it out, man. If you got some guacamole in the fridge, don't want it to go brown, a little uh, lemon juice, and put a little saran wrap over that, or a little lime juice. The point is you need acidity, they call that, Brent. And then you put a little saran wrap over that, good to go. Acidity is a fantastic word. You like that, right? Yes. Mm. Uh, Ted Allen is loving this moment. Yes, he right is. Here. Yes, he There's is. There's more part of the resume to get you guys on chop. See, once again, don't say guys. Say Jason Fitz. I'll, I'll be in the crowd. I'm not going to go on that show. Oh, you don't want to go on. No, I, I would choke so uh, it'd be like, no, it'd be, it'd be bad. 
It'd be bad. All right. right. Fitz. I we got to get yeah. Fitz on. Yeah. I, I literally probably pass out from the pressure that can handle it. Better chance of us getting a national show. You knocking me out live mm. like yesterday's suggestion or yep. getting Fitz on chop. So then we have good connections with the higher ups. It's God. Oh, don't say that, Stuart. Come on, Stuart. <laughs> don't we need say a way that. in here. Um, I'm just saying. Cheez-Its, I don't know. Peloton, See, that's, that's the thing, though, man. Like, I, feel, I feel like if I try to punch you in the face, that's going to affect our relationship. Like, you, you don't just walk away from that and, like, we're all cool again. Yeah, well, I mean, whatever <laughs> it takes, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that. I but mean, I want a bigger outside fire. Well, we'll get a tattoo. <laughs> what, what happened to the tattoo the whole thing? I guess we had to do better in the ratings. We're, not, we're not there yet. Well, okay, so the, the punch in the face leads to the tattoo. Exactly. Because right? then the ratings go up. And the tattoo comes around. Who cares about our relationship? And, and, and who cares about brain trauma, I guess, in your case? Nah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. I mean, how much can one hit hurt? A lot, uh, a lot yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. Can you it, Austin? This is a good segue. Oh! Have, have you seen much Nas? This is a good no, segue. I mean your ability to punch, not what you look like oh, after being I, I, punched. I, I, okay. <laughs> well, you took that personal. Oh, yeah, of course. I had to. What, what <laughs> else is new? This Living is rent free over there. In case you haven't noticed, by the way, like I'm the guy that's going to always talk smack about somebody, and as soon as someone turns it back on me, I get so emotional, <laughs> and I attack. Like, it's like, seriously, it's not fair, and I understand that. I should probably talk to somebody about this, but I understand it's a problem, yeah. and I'm living with it. That's okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to still talk crap about you, good, even good, if you good. are six feet away. I encourage it. Uh, with gloves and, and weapons as hands. Yeah, well, yeah. This is a great segue um, from getting hit in the noggin to Antonio Brown. Uh, will he be on the Bucks roster in week 17? Yes or no? No. That's plus 250. It's a long time for you. Do you believe the favorite here is minus 400 for yes? Well, I mean, obviously, the, the, the no is going to come if he gets in trouble with some other thing out there. You know, and I'm not sure how Antonio Brown's been living his life during he, this quarantine. He's a high-risk candidate for getting the COVID-19. Lockdown. I think he's going to be on the team. You say yes. Stewart says no. Okay, yeah. we got to go quick. Will Des Bryant catch a touchdown during 2020 season? No. Remember, he's on the practice one. No. No. That's plus 150. Yes is minus 200. Stewart? Uh, Cam Newton, total interceptions in week eight. Over, under, at one. He's still uh, starting? Half. He, he's still starting? You got to go over, right? Yeah, absolutely. If he start, if he's playing, <laughs> will Cam Newton throw a touchdown in Week Eight? Yes or no? To who? I guess maybe James White, because it ain't Julian Edelman. I had him in a fantasy team. Julian Edelman. Sorry, man, you got cut. Here, I like this one. Will Mike McCarthy be head coach of the Cowboys next season? Yes, because Jerry Jones is a prideful individual. That's minus one thousand. Will oh, the Jets wow. go zero sixteen? Yes or no? No, they will not go zero sixteen. Yeah, minus four hundred. Kyle Murray love affair. When we get back, QB report card. QB report card time. Let me go and bring up my analytics. Next. Get those analytics ready.